So I'm excited to have JL Holdsworth on right now. I'm right very now. excited, yeah. You powerlifting legend, entrepreneur, uh, man who picks up cars to move them when they block <laughs> people in. I mean, you're a public speaker. You consult with a lot of professional sport teams, correct? I mean, yeah. Um, do you want to take this off? Or you yeah, no, I mean, this is exciting. I, I wanted to just fill us in first of all like if you don't mind just giving us a quick quick rundown of uh of your background we covered a little bit of it and uh what you're up to now and then we're there's we'll dive into a whole bunch of stuff yeah from uh from a real small town in michigan and uh found strength real early it was when i was a late bloomer so uh, i was about 135 pounds as a freshman uh i hit puberty started lifting weights was about 190 as a sophomore uh so really just fell in love with weights right away ended up playing college football uh, got done with college football, was a strength conditioning coach at the University of Kentucky. Uh, did my first powerlifting meet when I was there at a small town by Columbus, Ohio. I ended up beating everyone in my weight class from Westside Barbell. And uh, after the meet, Louie came up to me and uh, threatened me that I had to move to Columbus <laughs> and Westside Barbell. And so, uh, yeah, I moved to Columbus. Uh, the goal was always be a world champion, you know, set some world records. and. I've been fortunate enough in powerlifting to do those two things. I've, uh, when I did 775, it was a world record in the bench press. Uh, I had the fourth highest total in the world all time with a 904 squat, 775 bench, and an 804 deadlift. Uh, I was 2004. So unfortunately, in 2004, I was doing an 1,100-pound squat. I herniated L5S1. Uh, it took me out of uh, competitive powerlifting for 10 years. Uh, I had to travel. I had to learn. I, I always say, if I wouldn't have gotten hurt, I would. I would probably just be known as this guy who had the world record in in powerlifting. But now I'm such a better strength coach. I'm I'm a better person just for the things I had to go through and learn from that. And so, um, I worked my way back in 2014, won a world championship in the deadlift. Uh, and since then, man, it's been 100% focused on my business, the Spot Athletics. Uh, we have two. Uh, 20,000 square foot private training facilities in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, so those are amazing facilities. We had a great staff. Um, I have three kids. And then three years ago, uh, I co-founded Reflexive Performance Reset, which is really an entirely new way of understanding how a human being functions. Uh, there's a million topics that I, Zach and I discussed earlier that we want to dive in. First thing I got to ask you, though, did you did you watch West Side versus the World? Yes, I've seen the movie. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So when they made the documentary, I'd actually it was after I got hurt, I had left Westside. I started my own facility. Uh, but it's funny because one of the scenes in there, one of one of the coolest days of my life too, is in there, mm -hmm. which is the day I, I took someone's name off the record board and wrote my name up on the record board. Yeah. And so that was a scene that that they put in the movie. So that it's it's kind of cool. nice that one of my favorite days in my entire life is is in that movie. You can only say that if you're somewhat of a meathead. So it's just one of those spots that I've always kind of dreamed of seeing. And but um, I, I, I'd like to talk about RPR. Yeah, I'd like to talk about your facilities um, as well. I mean, I, I know RPR uh, probably you probably implement a little bit of RPR into your facilities as 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 a whole holistic powerlifting program, whatever it is you're actually run. But would you mind describing for a minute what yeah. the what the two twenty thousand square foot facilities focus on? It's funny, we have a powerlifting group, but it's attorneys and teachers and, you know, accountants and, and people that just came in, started lifting, love training, and they decided to compete in our powerlifting group. For us, um, we have, uh, we like to say athletes from 8 to 80 years old. So, you know, we have a good bit of collegiate professional athletes, 
But our bread and butter, just like anybody else in the private sector, is young kids trying to become better athletes and better people, and then adults who are trying to not hurt, you know, look better naked and all those things. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, the the adults looking better naked. It seems to be something that uh, is, is pretty consistent uh, nationwide. God forbid they were the move better. You I know, know yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with, with the kids coming in to, to help their athletics, um, like, how is it that, you know, I think when I was, when it was coming up, uh, we didn't really have uh, these types of facilities or they weren't as, I don't know when to say refined, but I just, they weren't accessible to a guy like me. And so I was kind of forced to do things and learn the hard way, meaning injury. It sounds like your knees uh, took a beating too. How are you, you know, helping these kids stay healthy and, uh, to, to, you know, to help them prolong their careers? So in our program, we, we basically have a couple buckets for our athletes and, and our adults too. So, you know, we break things up into life ready and sport ready. And so within those, we have buckets. And our first bucket is PFB, which is just pain-free body. And that, that one's a non-negotiable. Training should make you feel better, not worse. And I think that's one of the things that's probably the most commonly messed up thing in our field is people feel, you know, I've heard people say, right, Don, how many times you, oh, once I get in shape, I'm going to come train. Well, mm-hmm. well, yeah, well, once you get rich, you're going to get a job. Like, I mean, <laughs> what, what kind of a sense does that make? So I think one of the biggest things is we have at our, at our facility, we have a zero pain tolerance training philosophy. And so we believe that no exercise is required in the gym. The only thing that's required is you get better and you achieve the goals you want to achieve. And so for us, that first bucket's at PFB. So we make sure we do a lot of, you know, a lot of people, and I'm going to throw something out there that, that a lot of people are going to be like, what? We do a ton of static stretching. I, I love static stretching. I think it's great. There's, it's funny. I, you know, I talk to people and they go, oh, well, we don't do it. So why don't you do it? Well, I, I just don't think it's as good as this or that. And I say, awesome. Have you ever tried it? <laughs> Crickets. Yeah. Well, how can you say something's not as good as something else if you've never tried that other thing? Static stretching, I still believe is great. I still do it in, in my program. I, there's a specific time during my training that I might do it or a specific time during the day that it just fits into my lifestyle. But, you know, I, I agree with you 100% on that. But there's something else is that... Um, somebody might latch on good or bad they may latch on to that study and fought because they they can market something that they can make money from right. and they don't care what they demonize as long as right. what they're pushing uh can you know benefit yeah. right you know we've been in business now eight years and at first we never saw this and more and more we're getting people you know 11 year old kids in with l5 stress fractures of the spine it's and it's it's year round one sport since they're six years old and and so we really promote multi-sport with our athletes do as many different activities as possible time out out. (laughs) thank you i'm sorry not to make a big deal it's it drives me ballistic and that's if we stop this interview right now you are brilliant in my eyes because and it's the problem is the parents it's the parents they they want every kid to be tiger woods or michael jordan and they put them into one specific sport and they have them do it around the clock thinking that it's gonna be the best thing for athletic development and it's the worst and i need you to talk about that for a few minutes yeah so when you look at when you look at all the studies, so you look at all professional athletes division one athletes i I think it's 90 percent were multi-sport athletes so this notion that playing one sport will make you better literally you can just look at the data and know it's not true the other side of it is yeah I, i believe with everything you have to understand the history of how we got there 
And so when, when I was a kid, you know, I'm, I'm 41 years old. When I was a kid, there was an all-star team. There was, you had your, your community teams and you had an all-star team. You had one all-star team. Then all of a sudden these clubs teams started popping up and you could pay to travel and get better competition. And it was in general for a good idea. Well, then what happened was these club coaches realized, well, if I just take the best kids, there's really not much money in that. However, if I have 10 club teams and anybody can be on a club team, then I can make a lot of money. So then these club coaches started pushing, be with my club year round, you'll be better. And then we ended up in this deal where one parent said, well, Susie's playing year round and my kid's not, I don't want them to get behind. When the exact opposite is true, if your kid plays three different sports, your kid's gonna be so much further ahead because literally what sport is, is the ability to solve a motor pattern and spatial awareness problem faster than the other person. It's, it's just bringing people down to earth, you know, like I, everybody does dream of having, you know, being, well, not everybody, but a lot of kids dream about being professional athletes. It is the road there. Any athlete or any sport is really, really bumpy. It's tough. It's, and the odds of you actually getting there are low. So you got to have that backup. It seems like you're just trying to, as you said, just create better humans and uh, give them something they can like really take with them rather than just build up their bodies. What about what about uh, what about fun? You know, it was it was it was interesting. You know, we're talking about young athletic development. There was just recently um, it was an article or, or, or it was someone who went up to Wayne Gretzky, and this father was with this kid. And was like, hey Wayne, you know, tell my son how much how much did you practice? Tell him. And he looks at, at the kid. He goes, kid, I never practiced. I played. <laughs> There's a big difference. Yeah. I went out there and I had fun and I played. And it's just, I think the parents ruin this for their children. Let them have a good time. Let them develop on their own. Give me your opinion on that. Well, it's funny. So obviously, we're on this podcast. I have my noise canceling headphones on. Uh, I have a 13 year old son, and when I'm on, he plays. Uh, lacrosse and he's on a club lacrosse team and uh, you know he's he's 13 and he's played every single sport there is at this point and he's narrowed it down now he loves football and lacrosse and when we go to games I put my headphones on so I can't hear the other parents <laughs> and it's my my son comes off the field and there's two questions and this is for all the parents listening out there there's two questions you should ask your child when they come off the field did you do your best did you have fun? Yeah. And that that's the only two questions I ask my son, because the first thing is a lot of parents are screaming at the kids, run faster, play harder, do this, you should do this. I, you know what? I asked my son, did you do your best? If he says yes, I have nothing I can improve. How can I improve on his best? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so I see these parents ruining these kids because a kid comes off the field, he feels like he played his best, his hardest. Now, you're looking at that as a as a 40-year-old and you see professional sports and you saw him loafing over here. You saw he could have done this better over here. But if he comes off and he says, I did my best, and then you start berating him, what are you now telling him? Yeah, yeah that's not good enough. His best yeah. isn't good enough yeah. for you. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, what kind of message? And so I'll tell you, like, and, and this builds into RPR a little bit this is completely 180 degrees from the way my philosophy used to be on life who was like no. your, someone that helped you get here so honestly I, I not i don't say this with any kind of pride but uh when my son was 10 they were having a football game and a parent on the other sideline was running his mouth and he started running his mouth more and it, it came down to like i'm gonna do some things to you that you're kids aren't going to like to watch you go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
that used to be who I was every day. For me, strong breeze, don't give me a, a weird look, I just punch him in the face. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that was how I lived life from, from the time I was uh, in, you know, time I was in elementary school till honestly, probably about five years ago, that that's honestly how I went through life. And I mean, it's, you know, uh, it, it was really good for things like football. I was always the most violent person on the field. There, there was no one who was more violent on a football field than me. Uh, I have a football helmet at my house that, that I got to keep because I cracked the helmet. Uh, and the guy that I cracked it on also went away in an ambulance. And like, for me, that was, it made me, it drove me right when I got to Westside Barbell. If, if you, you know, if you're not used to it, it's iron sharpens iron. You, you go into Westside Barbell, the odds of you getting in a fight, like you, who knows, it could happen. And for me, I ended up, I thrived in that environment. I mean, I got, I came in there and I was like, awesome. I found my place. <laughs> and, you know, I got, I trained, there's two crews, there's a morning crew and a night crew. I left them the night crew for the morning crew because I tried to fight someone and they wouldn't fight me. And so I said, I wouldn't train with someone who wouldn't fight me. And so that's how I used to go through life. And so what happened was, um, it was actually, it was four years ago, uh, Douglas Hill teaches a system called Be Activated. So the philosophy is what we use for RPR. And I went through his workshop and after I did, I, I literally felt like a different person. And I said to him, I said, this has to be something we've got to get out to more people. And so he teaches something that's very practitioner based. And so what I did was I worked with him and then uh, my two other partners in RPR, Cal Beats, uh, who some people may mm -hmm. be familiar with triphasic training. Mm -hmm. uh, Cal wrote that. I wrote, um, I read that Cal, book. Yeah, so Cal, Cal actually was the one who told me about Douglas and what he was doing because Cal had learned. And then, so Cal and a, a sprint coach who's, who's amazing, Chris Corfus, had told Cal, so the three of us said, okay, we're strength coaches, we're dealing with all these athletes and individuals. And so I went to Douglas and said, hey, I wanna make this something that people can do themselves and have access to on a daily basis. And so Cal, Chris and I worked together and we developed Reflexive Performance Reset and, and basically, you know, three, it's been three years since we co-founded that. And so I use RPR every single day. And, you know, like I said in the beginning, it literally is a and, and I believe that, you know, sitting here right now in 20 years from now, the world will understand and I hope to be a big part of that. And what I mean by that is right now, we've all been taught a mechanical view of the body. So uh, Don, can you hear me? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Froze for a sec. Yeah. So if I ask you, what makes you do a sit up, what would you say? I would say uh, several things: uh, spinal spinal flexion. I would say core strength. I would say awesome. abdominals. Yeah, super, whatever. You're, yeah. you're you're a super smart dude, so you could go very deep into that. Yeah. However, what I want you to realize is all those things you just mentioned. Does a cadaver have all of those? Does a ca ca yeah yeah sure mm -hmm. cadaver has all those yeah, right absolutely. If I tell if I tell a cadaver to do a sit up, can it? No. <laughs> But it has all the things you just told me that Absolutely. makes you do a sit up. Absolutely, I know what you're getting at. So, okay. So, what really makes you do a sit up? Your nervous system, right? And your your nervous system controls everything in your body. Mm -hmm. It controls everything. So, think about this: we literally went through school. We learned about the neuromuscular system, 
And then literally they go, forget about the first part of the word. I mean, here's the deal. I, I started out, I wanted to be an attorney. That was what I originally went to school for. I blew my knee out skiing, athletic trainer at Ferris State. Dave Lucy was this amazing guy. Started giving me all these books on science. I came back bigger, stronger, faster. I said, man, this is what I want to do. And so for me, I happened to be a very smart person who then fell in love with training. And so when I look at these things, I look at them from a more global perspective. And so it's interesting to me, you know, M comes before N. So they named it neuromuscular because neuro has to come first. And so it's interesting. We went to school, we learned about this, and then they just taught us about where all the muscles attach and all these things. And the reason is, is this is why I'm saying it's a paradigm shift. Right now, we're being taught that mechanical view, right? The muscles, this and that. Well, Don, here's the thing. Your nervous system controls everything. Mm -hmm. So the analogy I always give is this. The nervous system is the electricity of the body the light so it's just like walking into a dark house at night right if you walk into a dark house at night you flip the light switch light comes on no one's confused by that no one thinks that's magical anymore but 150 years ago if you would have said i'm gonna flip a switch and it's gonna get bright in this dark room everybody would want to burn you at the stake because they didn't understand electricity right that's where we're at with the human body right well, now. well explain it a little bit because the nervous system to me is is it could be broad to most people, but for me, it's, I, I think about it as like the body's, like, it's almost like the, uh, the power plant I would describe as like the mitochondria. Yeah, your electrical the, system. Yeah, it's like your electrical system pretty, pretty much. Yeah. But, um, and, 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 what, and what's incredible about it, and uh, this is what I, what I want to bounce off of you, is you can be the most high performance individual and you can continue to train, which is what a lot of the viewers do. And they wonder why in time they're getting into worse shape. Or, what, or, or maybe they're eating really clean and they're training and they're resting and doing all the right stuff, but they run up a flight of stairs and they're suddenly out of, out of breath. Mm -hmm. So do you, do you, is RPR more about a breathing technique? Like how do, you, how do you accomplish that? So we show people all the time, basically by using the breathing and the wake up drills, it shifts the neurological firing sequence. So we have people, that's why people instantly set squat PRs, instantly set deadlift PRs. We've had people who've had low back problems for years. We take them through, they feel, I'll, I'll tell you probably the coolest thing I've had, well, there's so much, but I taught a clinic out in California a couple months ago. And it's a room full of strength coaches and athletic trainers and physical therapy, all these different people. And and there's a, but athletes came there, track athletes, who just like, I just wanna be faster and I've heard great things. And so there's all these people there. And there was one lady who had some platform shoes, a cardigan, like she, you know, I look at you guys, I'm like, man, these guys work out. These are my people, right? Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, I, I like, we can hang out. We can go to the gym and lift. Like, we're going to like to do some similar things. Uh, this lady was looked like she was from the other side of the world, right? And uh, so it goes around, everyone introduced. She, go, she goes, I'm the weird one here. She said, uh, I've had SI pain so bad. I've been to every specialist in LA and no one can help me. And the last person was an orthopedic surgeon wanted to do surgery to see maybe if they could figure some things out. She went to visit her friend at, and at her friend where she personal trained, she went with her friend while she was visiting her friend and her friend's personal trainer had been through RPR. And he just showed her in like 10 minutes to do some stuff. She'd been doing it for two weeks. She was pain free. Right. Right. And she goes, I've been to every specialist in LA and no one could help me. And this personal trainer just showed me what you guys teach, and now I'm pain free. And she goes, "I'm just here to understand if I'm doing it right." So, what was 
you know, and why is it that people are teaching it and not teaching this, but like, why is she still in pain? What are they doing wrong? Like, say if she's going to the specialist or a doctor. So I wouldn't say they're doing anything wrong. Okay. Because I think anybody who's in fitness or in medical, they are literally doing the best they can with the information they have. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think anybody ever gets into this field and says, I don't want to help people right? Or I want to do something that's not effective. Yay. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, yeah. no one does that. And, and so I don't like to say anyone's doing things wrong. I just say they're doing the best they can with the information they have. You've co-created um, a breathing system, probably with specific movements, some type of a program that you're now packaging and, and, and can, can anyone get access to yeah, this? That was my question. Yeah. Is this something where like, is it an online yeah. course? Is it a book that you're selling? If someone wants to hear more about it, go into detail on that. Yeah, so if we have our website, reflexiveperformance.com, mm -hmm. and on there we have an online course. Uh, the thing about the online course, my, my mission in life is, is really to help as many people as possible. And I believe that's gonna come through changing the world and shifting this paradigm of how we understand human beings function. I'm really curious right now to kind of hear more about how coaches implement it and the program. Is it something where, is it implemented into, uh, uh, like you're coming in, you're consulting now with a professional sport team, which Zach and I noticed that you tend to do in a year. And if you're implementing the RPR system to say, I'm making up a team right now, the St. Uh, Louis Cardinals, and you're going in there, is it something that the coaches are implementing from start to finish of that program? Or is it something that more goes into call it what you want, the prehab, the dynamic warm-up early on? Is it something you're doing before the formal? Like, I'm just trying to wrap my head around what this actually looks and feels like. Yeah, so uh, two things. One, I want to tell you, so Greg, he called us and was like, man, I love what you guys are doing. He's like the nerd. He, he, he's, he's a big he, proponent of, of taking care of the nervous system. He's the best. Uh, but uh, when we go in, whether – it's a, a professional team, whether it's a high school team, you know, we, we all levels from middle school to, to the highest of, of the military units. This is something that people are going to use every single day of their life. And it's not just bef now, as far as like, if we're talking just workout, this is going to be, you know, cause it only takes, depending on how, you know, what you're doing, That's it right. takes about three to six minutes to run through everything. So it, it's, it's really yeah. quick. And, and kind of the, the thing I always say that in my life, there's three, there's three hurdles. Something has to get over. One is, is it, is it safe? Two, is it effective? And three, does it save me time or at least not cost me any more time? Mm -hmm. And the thing I look at is like, do I fly? Well, it's pretty safe. It gets me where I got to go. And it saves me a lot of time if I had to drive. <laughs> and that's how I look at RPR too is, it's super safe. You do everything yourself. It's super effective. You feel the difference. That's the cool part about the nervous system. You, you feel the difference instantly. It's not a do this for eight weeks and feel. It's literally, we're on camera. I know this is a podcast, but I, I could have you guys do a couple squats and things and show you guys some stuff and you would just instantly feel better. That, mm -hmm. That's how quick it works. And then it saves you a ton of time because all that pre, I I used to, so I've got a lot of stuff, you know, I've had knee surgeries, biceps, I've had all these things, herniated that back so for me to deadlift heavy it used to take me an hour to get ready to pull heavy now with rpr because i used to do all the stuff right glute bridges clamshells i used to do banded distraction i used to do foam roll this do that do that do that and it's not that i don't 
still use some of that stuff because everything's a tool in your toolbox. Mm -hmm. However, RPR is, is the base of the toolbox, right? So now when I do RPR, it takes me 15 minutes to be ready for a head heavy deadlift. And it used to take me an hour. And so it literally saves me 45 minutes. So when, when we talk about implementing, it actually saves when we go, when we go to teams, it saves them a ton of time because now they don't have to spend as much time with all the prehab rehab stuff because now what they're learning is, oh my God, this guy's ankles were locked up. Well, it turns out in the mechanical view, we try to stretch that and do everything. Well, if we take away the neurological tension, that ankle opens up all by itself. Mm-hmm. We don't even have to stretch it. Okay. And so it's, I, I had a guy, he worked with a physical therapist once a week for five years on his hamstring flexibility. And it, it, he was just one of those guys, like since high school, I've, my, I've never been flexible. So his hamstring, you lay him down flat, it could come up to 45 degrees. So I asked his physical therapist, I said, what's the best you've ever got? He goes, man, 60 degrees, maybe. I literally lay him down, show him how to breathe, how to do the wake-up drills, five minutes, his hamstring's at 90 degrees. Hmm. Did you uh, Yeah, I, I just, just uh, I have something after you, the, yeah. fir- the first question I had is, uh, so is someone taking the online course, what's, what does it cost them? Like, what's it going to run them? Yeah, our online course is $300, and, you know, for us, Everything we taught, the first professional team I went in and, and implemented this with, we had just started it. Uh, they got a hold of me and said, man, I, I heard from them, you know, there's where I'm, I'm in Columbus, Ohio. So the first team we implemented is, a, is the most popular team here. And they, they go, man, these guys are using it. They're loving it. Like, I, we got to get you in. And my whole thing was my mission in life isn't to be a guru. My mission is to help as many people as possible. And so when we looked at this course and the way we do it, I mean, what I know there's other course out there. It's $10,000 to do this and all this. Our course is $300 and it changed. Like I get emails daily from people who it's changed their lives. Yeah, but That's this, worth more than any money. But this is, but this is my, my question. I still, and I'm going to talk openly. I know we, yeah. we, we just met. Let's do it. I almost feel like you're pigeonholing yourself though, because you have this system that changes lives. You have this system that would cater a lot more. And, and we haven't gone through it. I'm very curious to check it out. I mean, I'd love to, but, um, you know, why are you catering to the coach, which makes up, you know, you know, yeah. such a small percentage? Why not put this into a manual, make it very user friendly, f- sell it for forty nine ninety nine. So anyone's going to pay any amount of money if they know they can yeah. feel better in three to six minutes, which is what you yeah. said. You know, most well, people are and, sold. And I'll take it a step further. And and so part of this is, it's where we're starting. So like I said, we're releasing a client course, which which because the. And the client course is going to be $50 and that people and people will be able to buy that. They won't learn all the science behind it. They won't learn all that. They'll just learn. Here's when I do it. Here's how to do it. And so we are moving to that. The thing I'll say is, you know, we've talked a lot about the physical side of it, but honestly, we have schools because the part that it does is it allows you to create a parasympathetic state, rest and recover. So when you do that, you then can think clearer, be calmer, have less anxiety. So we're, we have schools, we have a, a teacher that's up for teacher of the year in his state. And one of the big reasons is because he's bringing, before the junior class took their ACTs, he brought them in the gym and ran them all through RPR. Mm-hmm. So his classes do RPR every day. So they're calmer, so they're more focused. Mm-hmm. And so they can do better in school. So when we talk about applications, we're starting in sport and fitness because that's what I do. Right. And, but the applications for this, my, honestly, my, you know, we talk about, you know, 
kind of long-term big, you know, BHAGs, if you know that term, big, hairy, audacious goal. It's to globally change the world in the way that the body studied and understood. And I, I really believe that once this is embraced at every level, it's going to make the world a healthier, happier, better place to be. Well, I, I know Zach and I are really, you know, we're, we're just about running out of time here, but I know Zach and I are really um, excited to check it out. I don't know if you're going to be out at the Olympia. I know we're going to be out no, there. No, I asked him. You must go to the Arnold every year, though, right? You go to the Arnold? Yeah, got to yeah. be. Yeah. I mean, Arnold's in town. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, we're going to be let's meet yeah. you. At, well, when's the Arnold? Let's it's in March. March, yeah. yeah. So we'll yeah. meet you at the Arnold in March, and maybe you can take us through a little it. tutorial on it. But if if someone wants to um, hear more about RPR and you, can you give us some information on where to find you? Yeah, I, I post a lot of stuff on Instagram. It's Coach underscore JL. I do a lot of my personal stuff. We also have the Spot Athletics if people have gyms and want to see stuff. Uh, reflexiveperformance.com we're on instagram rpr system uh and then reflexiveperformance.com people can go there i can't wait to check it out i'll go i'll go online and take a peek at it i'm yeah. sure you are as well yeah, definitely um listen man it was it was great having you on i mean yeah, I thought it was fantastic it's really good it's awesome. finally, thanks uh, for having me guys thanks for uh you know no, taking take time out of the day and chatting man no and, it was great I'm and if you're ever in new york let us know yeah, man. we'd please. love to have you by Dude, I'm I'm out there all the time, man. I'm out. Oh. We we do a lot of stuff with different teams out there, so I'm oh. out there all the time. Dude, so hit, I'm definitely hit, gonna hit, hang out and get a lift in, man. Hey, hit I'm us up, up, man. Yeah, for sure. That would be great to meet up. Um, I'm not gonna lift anywhere near you because uh, the weights that you would be putting up would uh, lift cars. Would dwarf? Yeah, yeah I should. I, 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 I could I could lift like a, a remote car, dude. I'm, I'm not gonna. Hey, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done deadlifting 800 pounds, man. It's it, it, my my goal, like. My number one goal in life is to help change the world and, uh, you know, doing, you know, spending the amount of time I have to spend to, to be the best in the world at lifting. I want to spend my time changing the world, man. It's just different priorities. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. And uh, that's and that's actually what we wanted to do. That's what we're trying to do here with with this is highlight people that are really trying to get out there and, and spread spread a good message. And uh, that's why I'm saying we really appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, really brother. Thanks All right. again, man. Best Thanks, of luck. Man. And keep in touch. Thanks, when guys. you're in New York, yeah. let Take us know. Care. See ya. Yeah, for sure.